0: Hey! Hi! Welcome to Someone Else's Movie, the podcast where an actor, writer, director, or nebulous industry figure gives a little love to a movie they didn't make. I'm Norm Wilner, Senior Film Writer for Now Magazine, and welcome to the show. My guest this week is Ferdia Walsh-Pilo, an actor and musician who makes his big-screen debut as an 80s kid who starts a band to impress a girl in John Carney's Sing Street, which opened in the U.S. last week and arrives in Toronto this Friday, April 22nd, from Elevation Pictures. It's a sweet little movie, and the songs are awfully catchy. Ferdiya picked The Revenant, Alejandro G. Inaritu's wilderness survival drama starring Leonardo DiCaprio as a 19th century fur trapper seeking revenge on the man who left him for dead and murdered his son after a brutal bear attack. The movie won three Academy Awards— for Best Actor, Best Cinematography, and Best Director, because Emmanuel Lubezki is a genius, and because Alejandro Gianaritu and Leonardo DiCaprio are twin cyclones of desire who will not be denied. But it was really interesting to sit down with Ferdia and talk it through from an actor's perspective. Uh, it's a shorter episode than usual this week, but after last week's epic run through train spotting with the Blaine brothers, I figure it all balances out. And given that we recorded this in the Lightbox Green Room between Ferdia's Soundcheck and the Toronto premiere of Sing Street at the TIFF Kids Festival earlier this winter, I'm glad we got as much time as we did. And I think we did okay. This is someone else's movie. Well, The
1: Revenant, okay. Well, first of all, um, The Revenant is, uh, is one of those, there's loads of films released being released at the moment that are really similar to The Revenant, that are kind of really intense, you know, characters going through in an insane situation film. And then, the, but The Revenant really stood out for me because first of all, it was just a really beautiful movie to watch because it was really beautifully shot and really beautifully done. But secondly, because it was just—it was just my favorite one out <laughs> of all the. Because I, I usually go in, I'm pretty pretty hard on those movies. Because when I go in and see them, I'm like, oh, it's another one of these films. But when I saw The Revenant from like the first scene, I was just like in the zone and I loved it. But um, yeah,
0: yeah. Was um, was it your first? I mean, I'm assuming you'd seen Inarichu's other films before, but was yeah. it the first time you'd experienced? it? Was it? In the th- I mean, obviously. Well, actually, I don't even know. Was it in the theater that you saw it? Because you might have been a screening copy at this point. I saw it in uh, in the cinema in, the,
1: in a. You in a, well, it was also great cinema. So, it was a really good room. We're yeah. in one of the new set ones, but it was great. Um, so you had the full immersion. Yeah. The whole we had the full thing, screen. yeah, and we were really. It's got a really steep. It was really steep. Uh, seating thing, so it really felt we were there. But um, yeah, no, it was great, and I mean like I'm not I've only been in the film biz for about like a year now so I'm not going to pretend I'm an expert or anything you know so it's just a film that I watched and I I just got I just really really enjoyed um, got really into and that's the, you know after doing Sing Street and after actually being on set I kind of you know look at films I don't quite get into them as much really you don't get into because I used to just get into shit films all the time because you just kind of but once you've been through the process You've, you seen just, curtain, you've seen yeah. behind the curtain. Exactly behind the camera, it's just kind of you see the camera rather than you actually watching watching the, the movie and what's happening. And that's one of the reasons that I I was just got I got really into the Revenant, and it takes kind of a good film to get to get me into
0: it. Yeah, it's interesting too because the Revenant is a film that really does make a point, like a selling point of its production. Oh, absolutely, showing and that's you the other thing,
1: and that's why people are really hard on it as well. Is because. And I'm, I'm kind of sometimes I'm like, oh, what's one of your favorite movies I've seen lately? I'm like The Revenant, and I'm kind of feel a bit weird saying that because usually when it's there's a film that's just has such a big budget and is with so many movie stars in it, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm kind of like, well, it, it's 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 just interesting because it makes a big point exactly of selling and getting people into the cinema because of the big names, but they're all they're all brilliant actors and did an amazing job in the film. So, I mean, they did it. They, this it's kind of hard. It's, to to kind of judge it like that, you know. Yeah,
0: I mean, I've yeah. I've certainly scored cheap points on the whole Leonardo DiCaprio making faces argument, which is... yeah, the, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. can you can reduce that performance to just gurning. To, yeah. You know, oh yeah, to but but, but I mean extreme suffering. But there's so much else going on.
1: That there is. Yeah, and that's why because there's so little dialogue in the film, and you really it's really you know the, it's really kind of his expressions that gets gets you into it. And even just little things like I mean, some I, I suppose it depends on on and um, how, you know, some people see it, And that's com- completely comes down to op- opinion as well and, who you know, whether he does it for you or not. But for me, anyway, he was doing very little and some people, I think, just saw kind of him just very deadpan and doing nothing. But I kind of saw a lot more in his eyes and in his kind of, you know, and that was that was something that was really special. And There's loads of things that happened in the film as well that were kind of, like, helped him with it. It was, it was just the, the, the... He did an incredible job and he's really kind of... Method acting in it, which yeah, and he only went very far with it. I heard I, I I read up about it, um, and I heard that it, he just went mad while like eating real
0: though the bison liver the, story, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. was that was crazy, yeah. Uh, I, I assume it was artisanal bison liver, you know, it was produced for him specifically. Yeah, it's like yeah, not yeah. like he went out and murdered yeah, and, and, a and murdered, of, yeah. Uh, yeah, true. A yeah, bison. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But uh, it's still pretty crazy. Yeah, it's I don't weird because you're. Quite see that.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. Yeah. I mean, you're always in this position as a, as an audience member, let alone as an actor. Uh, I'm always aware of what's happening on screen and what mm-hmm. went into that creation. You know, it's it's that old yeah the old story. Olivier Dustin Hoffman showed up on the set of Marathon Man. He'd been up for two straight days. His character had to stay up for forty eight hours. He'd been up by okay. that by that yeah. scene. He'd been up for two straight days. Yeah, and so he showed up having not slept. And he looked like crap, and he was barely standing. Yeah. And Olivier famously said, you know, darling, if you just try acting, you'd be fine. Yeah. No one needs to, know, to like, know the world will right?
1: like i i i don't know and it's an interesting one because you don't know really if it makes that much of a difference yeah. you know does it really um it's an interesting one actually but uh, cuz you know
0: Tom Hardy i'm pretty sure just didn't shave like that was his yeah, entire, it was, it's, it's, his work involved yeah. nah, not I mean,
1: it was also that thing in, in the revenant of the um, this director uh, remind me of his name oh, his uh, his
0: Alejandro Gonzalez uh, uh, Inieto
1: yes okay um he's great cuz he, he got he does these no it's not actually him it's the it's the DOP, whose name is also another confusing. Name. Oh, uh,
0: Emmanuel Lebeski, or Chivo, they call okay. him Chivo.
1: Yeah, and he just does these really long shots where the scene is just all one take, and it's really long. And you see it in Birdman as well, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's just something that just puts a, would put a lot of pressure on you as an actor because when I'm doing it, when I did doing scenes, it's like this is going to be cut up and they're going to make me look good in it. But in, in when you're doing this and it's like you're kind of old you know you're being really exposed in that 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 one shot yeah. and you know it's it, it always kind of blows my mind I'm like if you you're doing like an incredible job I wouldn't be able to handle that pressure' <laughs> kind of being like you're gonna there's gonna be one shot now and you're just gonna to have to you know get it spot on and it's just uh I was always just amazed by these constant, there's just really long shots and even in the war scenes oh yeah no well, entire scenes just, are entire single scenes thing. are just it's incredible and uh, we did we had a little bit of that in sing Street but very, very, you know, not nowhere near the yeah. country center.
0: It's more, in, in your film, it's really more like performance stuff. Yeah. It's, you, you have to hit. Yeah. And I guess it's the same for the Revenant. I was more yeah. amazed that people would hit their marks in these elaborate shots which have you know there's some CG work in the background and sunsets or something and the, the, yeah. that waterfall sequence yes um, but you still have to stop just so and do this and turn yeah, here yeah, and yeah, move yeah. that yeah um, there, there's a, a trick shot in, in Sing Street a, a 360 degree shot where yeah, yeah yeah I mean it's clear they didn't just redress you there's there's work involved
1: there. yeah yeah
0: the, the one the one where the, 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 stuff the circle around
1: well. yeah mm. and it's going around the room and that was what I was kind of referencing to there mm. as well and um, there are a few of them that people don't and people don't even notice. That's the other thing. People don't know. Even the editors who were actually editing the film at the time, uh not Julian, but the other the, the other editors who were doing ADR, were doing that scene and they were I told them that, like, way later on. They didn't had didn't even realise that was one take. Wow. Even though they could see it, they just never they just never processed it and they were amazed by that. They were like, That's one take. The other one was, um, there's actually a stunt double of Lucy jumping into the sea in in yeah, a beautiful sea, and it's all just done in one shot. But it kind of goes around my head, and
0: my it's... you know the
1: stunt double is standing um, behind my head, kind yeah. of thing, you know. But because she's far away, and I'm and Lucy just swaps with her, basically. So and it's not
0: digital; it's so simply it's, practical. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and there's lots of those little tricks which are which are really fun, and you you start to notice them. In films, then I, as well. Yeah. And that's why I, I thought it was, I was really kind of in awe the Revenant when they did those because I was really impressed. And that was one of the things I saw about Birdman, which I
0: didn't actually <laughs> like as much. <laughs> um,
1: uh, so yeah. it was, it was, it's always, it always amazes me.
0: Yeah. I'm not a huge fan, I have to admit, of, of Inerich's stuff because it feels to me like he really enjoys the suffering and of characters rather than people, and that's the and that's why i kind of that's
1: why i sometimes feel that that i picked the revenant i was kind of like well should i pick it because it's one of those things where they just it's just character suffering and there's and there's there's lots of that going on at the moment there's all it's always about characters suffering that's why sink street is a bit of a why i love i'm proud of sink street because it's like they're not doing that anymore they're not doing that kind of you know it's a bit of breath it's a breath of fresh air really for me especially because it's just like but i mean i just i just love films that i can get really really into yeah and the revenant was one of those for me you know i just and even the things that were weird that i found but i really liked now i talked to some people about them they thought it was really weird but stuff like um lots of the the snow was landing on the camera a lot Mm -hmm. and there was lots of breath um Oh, fogging, fogging up the lens. Fogging up yeah. the lens. And I thought that was like, brilliant when I was watching. I, I thought that, like... But it does make you a bit aware of the camera. Yeah. That kind of
0: intrigued me, though. And I've never seen that before in anything. I can't think of a fiction film that uses it as quite as aggressively. There, yeah. are, there are moments... In some, you know, the rain splashes on in car chase movies where the water yeah. just sort of flies up off the off the street and the camera catches it. Yeah. But yeah, in The Revenant, when it happens, and and Iñárritu is so meticulous in his creation of yes, stuff that yeah. it has to be a deliberate choice. Yeah, absolutely,
1: and because it's such a slow, a lot of the scenes are really slow. Like there's one scene where he crawls over to his son's body, mm-hmm. and he's he's uh he's he, the the camera goes really close up and the, he's breathing on the camera. And it's like, it's so, such a slow scene that, and it just stays for ages on him. And it's kind of his breath, you can hear his breath, like, fogging up the camera. Yeah. But I thought it was, I thought it made it a lot more real,
0: for me anyway. Yeah, it's a weird proposition, right? I mean, yeah. to, ar- to acknowledge the artifice... Of the filmmaking equipment, yeah. while you're yeah. telling a story set in the 18, whenever where this couldn't yeah. possibly have, there are no cameras, there are no yeah. techs. yeah. And with from my experience of it was that it actually pulled me out of the the, yeah. the film people itself. People said that to me, and it and it didn't do
1: that to me. It didn't do that yeah. to me, um, which which was weird. Um, and when people said it to me, I was kind of like, I did pick it up, and it does make you think for. For a set, you know that you realize that it's fogging up the camera, so the camera's there. But it's sort of because you're watching on a, on, on a two D screen, it feels like the screen's being yeah. fogged up. You know, it, you know. So it's kind of, it's 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 an interesting one, and I was really intrigued by why he chose to do that. But again, I've never seen it in anything before. It's it something really original.
0: Yeah, there are a couple of filmmakers that I thought of while I was watching it that. Uh, you know, there's a guy named Larry Fessenden who makes um, American horror films. He basically, I mean, he works in a almost on an art house level. Yeah. Uh, he's made films like Habit and Wendigo and No Telling. There's a box set that's just been released of his stuff from Shout Factory, and it's fantastic. And uh, most recently, I one called The Last Winter, uh, okay. which is sort of an inverse version of The Thing. It's about people up in the Arctic who figure out that the world is about to end and can't do anything about it, but they yeah. also can't understand exactly why. And it's much deeper and weirder and richer than that and I yeah. thought like oh Fessenden could do this in 90 minutes for a, a fifth of the budget maybe or a tenth of the budget and then he can make five other movies yeah but it wouldn't be as uh, as grandiose as big and I think that's part of his cell uh, innery too um, you know like Birdman yeah. being it doesn't have to be a single un- unbroken shot or even a digitally faked one yeah um, it just he needs it to be. He, he, yeah, yeah. For, him, for
1: himself as well. Like, I think so. For, yeah. for just, be, just because is, but I mean, it, it is something to be like. I, I respect that because I'm like that's that's a kind of a, an art, artistic choice. Is really uh, for me, it's really effective because I, when I see things cut up, like for instance, I was actually just thinking about recently vomiting. When you're actually getting sick, physically uh-huh. getting sick in a scene, they always cut it up because there's some, something in somebody's sure, mouth and they're spinning it out. But I, I mean, that's not such a... that's the, But just for instance, that's how they do it and that's what kind of makes it less real when I see those scenes because I've seen a few scenes where people are getting sick in Sing Street. There's like... When you see that and when I see that now I'm like that's cut and that's somebody spitting something out. Yeah. It's just not as real at all anymore. Yeah. Somebody's going Bleh, and spitting something out. Yeah. But
0: whereas, kind of, whereas I've gotten old, yeah. I'm old enough to have seen it so many times now that I'm just like you can cue in when someone's mouth is full. Yeah. And it's yeah. not an unbroken shot where just an actor's like, Oh, there's something. He's that's coming. In the next yeah. twenty seconds someone's gonna spit that out. Yeah. You know, someone walks out like with chin cheeks and Yeah, you can I know, feel yeah, like yeah. yeah, and that's the thing, and that's
1: why Kind of, and that's just an example. There's lots of things that they do in film that are that are like that. Nice, I suppose it's it's kind of uh, it's interesting. I suppose it's it's great for continuity people. They don't have to worry about continuity. Yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> they just,
0: just have to make it all happen. Yeah, at once. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, the benefit too is that if you get that shot, then that's seven minutes of movie. You're, co- you're covered. Yeah, right? yeah, shot seven pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, yeah.
1: it's interesting, and I'd love to try that out. You know, it's one of the reasons I was. Kind of thought. I, I'd I'd love to have been involved with some some of this stuff because I think it would have just been a, quite a challenge as an actor, you know. Because for the people watching it, it might make as much a difference, but for the actors and for the people making it, it's quite a it's quite the challenge, you know. Yeah. Um. So I I'd love to I'd love to try that out, and I really enjoyed it when we did it in Sixth Street for that scene when we had to change costume behind the camera and we we had all the lads hiding in the room. I just thought that was great. Yeah. yeah.
0: There there are these incredibly ambitious shots, you know, wonders from from decades back there's one in the bonfire of the vanities it's five minutes long it follows Bruce Willis into an elevator and yeah. um, De Palma's in the shot he had to shave like he, it was so complex that he had to shave his beard and mustache so he could be in the shot and not distract from people uh, he's he's in the elevator with Willis because there was no way to, to not cover him so he walked in with the crew he's part of it he walks out again and it, it works but That's it's amazing. one of those It's it's amazing but it's also one of those things where you just think well just don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm always amazed, um, and I have immense respect, even if I don't necessarily like the the end product yeah. of people who set up these impossible challenges to themselves. Um, you know, like yeah. the, the single takes in Goodfellas or or Birdman, which is phenomenally complex. Yeah. An almost cruel act of, of stress on your actors. I know, yeah, and yeah. And then to see it in The Revenant where, well, I'm not going to shoot the whole thing in one take, but I'm going to shoot entire scenes in one take. But it's quite real because nowadays p- things are being, it's, it, you're really, as I said,
1: you're really exposed. It's, mm. quite, it's quite um fake in some ways that we can, do something. I, we call it, you know, theater. This theater and then this film. It's quite like theater because you're you're doing that. You it's just you're doing it once and then that's that's it. Well, you're not doing. It. You obviously rehearse it loads and sure. you have a few t- shots, but you're still doing it all at once. And I mean, it kind of feels like you're cheating in a way when you're cutting it up because you're like, we do it, and when I just felt like we get to we get a totally different scene when you see it all cut up because it's it's obviously cut up and it's it's ma- it makes you just look a lot better as an actor and for when they're not hold, you know when they're not yeah. holding shots on you when you're taking in somebody, somebody else's answer and it's kind of like it, f- it feels a little bit like you're cheating and that's why it's kind of for people who are movie buffs who are watching it and who work in the m- movie industry can appreciate
0: that you know? yeah. Do you have that thing now where you look at your performance and think, oh, I remember that take was particularly good, or why didn't they use the other one? Something yeah, like yeah,
1: I do sometimes. And sometimes I'm, I see scenes that I know went terribly, and they look <laughs> grand because I know that a few of the takes, the way they cut it, and they cut out a few of my lines that were just didn't come across. Right, right. Because you know you have those days, and that's why it just was... Uh, it was, you know, it was really impressive when I came to the, when I was watching the Revenant and, and, and their their performances. And it was my favorite. Uh, it was actually my favorite performance of um, it was my favorite Donald Gleason role.
0: Yeah, and he's god like he's that guy now. He's yes. in everything. He's in absolutely everything. Yeah, Gleason has suddenly just sort of exploded outwards and he's in everything and, and he is. he's everywhere. He's yeah. his agent. I don't know. <laughs> he, well I do know though, this is Dude. Sort of uh no I I know that he and Oscar Isaac have different agents because they both got the Force Awakens. While they were working on X Machina, but neither of them could tell the other, and nobody knew. Like they got this. No the s- way. Yeah. I apparently, didn't know that. the story goes they got to the set. One of them, the first one to get there. No, I'm blowing this. The story goes like the second one to get on set was just like, oh, hi. They just shot X Machina, and neither of them knew they were going to be working in The Force Awakens. That's I don't think they have any point. scenes together. Are they? they? Do they? No. I, I don't, don't think, think they so. do. Because uh, Poe and Huck's never really talk or
1: meet. No, they don't. They don't. But there are. There may there I don't know why they would have met, but I mean I, long I, was, I, was, enough shoot, I right? was kind of interested how like I don't know if Donald Glea I don't think Donald Gleason for me anyway was well cast in in Star Wars. I didn't like him in Star Wars. I don't know what you thought. Oh, too young? But too spitty. Too too nice looking. Maybe it's well, because I associate him too nice sounding as well. And I found him quite I found it quite kind of funny seeing him in that role because he's supposed to be this evil guy, but there's something quite comforting about him.
0: Yeah. So he was
1: just like you know, walking around and being this and he's he's a great actor and he brought to it what he could, but mm-hmm. it's just I just didn't feel like he was he was right for the role. Whereas in this film it was an interesting version of Donald Gleason, and I think it worked really well. Yeah, his and he was really, really believable.
0: His youth really works for him because he does feel overmatched, like he shouldn't be in charge. The, yeah. Both in this film and in The Force Awakens. With with The Force Awakens, I just assume because it's only 30 years after the defeat of the Empire that everybody's young. Like they just had to start over with all these kids who were raised in this fascist worldview who don't know any better, which is yeah. why Driver and, and Gleason are. In these positions of power, even though they're probably just they're you know, just like, kids, yeah, and, yeah, and I suppose that's an interesting one. But I
1: suppose the guy who played that what what's the name of the character who's supposed to be Darth Vader? Everybody calls him Darth Vader,
0: but that's a bit unfair. Oh, Kylo <laughs> Ren, yeah, Adam uh, Driver. I, 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 okay. So what's the name of the bad guy character? Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Yeah. Kylo Ren. Oh, Which yeah. sounds like a name some jerk would think was
1: cool. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. particularly exactly, evil. Yeah. That's that's the thing. Um. But I suppose, I thought that was it as well. But. I was kind of waiting for the point where he was supposed to turn into the nice guy, but he never really did. He was just kind of still that, yeah, that um that kind of evil guy who's evil. And I thought the bit with the speech was good and that worked well, the big kind of Nazi speech yeah. thing. Um, but uh, for the rest of the film, I just I just really found myself kind of like this isn't working. It was just uh, maybe maybe it was me and maybe it is opinion, but I've heard of mm. people say it as well after mm. me. Actually, my mum and I didn't say anything to each other and when we get home, got home we both said the same thing just first thought, that was great but Donald Gleason wasn't cast in that you know yeah. it was just kind of our impression of him in that film was just a bit whereas I really I really there was there was very there weren't any moments I, I didn't believe what Donald Gleason was in The Revenants saying in The Revenants yeah, yeah there were just like, like that's, um he just got really into it and he, he was also kind of he was also that guy who was who was the nice guy who was in power I mean, he kind of really fought it to be nice, I guess, yeah.
0: in his, you know. Um, but I don't know if he was supposed to be that guy in Star Wars. It's interesting. Well, I think in Star Wars, most of the, the the sense that I have of the story is that most of the bad guys are stooges. They're just, they're convenient that, you know, the hologram is pulling all the strings. Yeah.
1: And, and the bad guys are actually just kind of the Star Wars nerds. Yeah, just
0: kind of underqualified, yeah. and it's like, oh my god, I get to drive a star destroyer. Yeah. I'm, of course, <laughs> yeah. I'll do this. Sure, what's it? What else do I get to do? Kill people? Yeah, I'll do yeah. that. Yeah, and the rebels are all just, or the resistance are all just sort of like, well, that's bad. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. should fight that. Yeah, it's the it's the war of the fandoms. Yeah, you know, Like no, everybody it, wants to dress up as Darth Vader, and everybody absolutely. Else. That's yeah. what I was thinking,
1: and I actually thought that when it, when he pulls off his mask in that scene, and you see that that guy. Um, that actor who's great, and I've just discovered him recently through Star Wars. Mm. he's great, great role to land. But um, it, there was a bit of a laugh in the cinema because I think everybody was kind of like, he literally looks like a guy who would own um, Star Wars merchandise Yeah. Home, just have tons of it. Like, yeah, and he looks yeah, yeah. like the kind of guy who'd, who. and I think that was, I was, I was well done. I suppose. Yeah. So I didn't really
0: think of it like that, though. It gives him a level of pathos. There's a yeah. Somebody, what was it? Somebody came up with this great joke on Twitter about how. Oh yeah, one of the Star Wars sequels will have to be about Kylo Ren finding out that C-3PO was actually built by Darth Vader, and so he has to like that makes him the ultimate collectible. It's the greatest thing in the world that he has to find in the universe. That's I yeah. would watch that. I think that would be I would fun. absolutely watch like, that. just some sort of running gag throughout the entire movie. <laughs> it's a uh, you robot, come, come here. Come yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looking for the signature in the case like yeah. the old apples. Um, yeah, that's one. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, we haven't we barely mentioned. Um, Tom Hardy and um, yeah, and, and we we'll really kind of have to. And and, 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 we'll, we'll and the other thing was, I just discovered uh, recently
1: that the guy who plays Leonardo DiCaprio's son in the movie Glass's son um, is uh, Forest Goodluck, who's actually he's my age as well, and it was his first major film. So I kind of I thought that was funny that he was uh, he. It was another kind of, he's in a similar situation to me, and I'm always keeping an eye out on young actors, and I'm like, are they in the same? St-? But he kind of is. He kind of landed this big role, and and is. Uh, I suppose having a supporting role in The Revenant is kind of the... It's a similar... Uh, you get the similar exposure as you do having a lead role in, in a film like Sing Street, you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> It's weird, too, to see any kind of untested performance... In a film like The yeah. Revenant. And be given that much, or in The Revenant, absolutely. or really even in Sing Street. Like casting yeah. someone who hadn't made a movie before is a big yeah. challenge. Oh,
1: absolutely, yeah. I mean, risk. Th- that was interesting, but I think uh, he just had that look, you know? Um, he had that Native American Pawnee kind of look, as well as being a really good-looking guy, and obviously he did, he's a great actor, so he did. Yeah. and he did a great job,
0: sure. And you have you know DiCaprio and Hardy as scene partners, so they're going to elevate whatever you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could yeah, have absolutely. been terrible. He's not. Yeah, but, yeah, know, yeah. He's Certainly, he's, there's there's some safety there. Mm. No, he was he was great. And um,
1: I mean, you Sam get to Hardy. work
0: with. Uh, I'm sorry, and you got to work with you know Maria Dove Kennedy and Gillian and Jack Rayner, and, Jack and, Jack and Rayner yeah. people who I just you know have have uh not even enjoyed but just basically delighted in they're you know, like gillen my god he's he's been in everything yeah. it's like i think the first time i noticed him was probably the wire but i would then i went back yeah. and realized i'd seen him in a bunch of other things and oh he's english that's oh, well irish but
1: yeah that's he's a he's in the wire the new film about the the well, sorry. The TV series, the, the TV series, yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. he yeah, plays
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy running yeah. for mayor of Baltimore. Yeah, for
1: some reason I was thinking of The Walk, you know, The Walk that's oh, the, been released the, with Joseph gordon Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Was like, but he is turning up and all that stuff. And I saw recently that he's in, uh, he's in The Maze Runner and stuff, and he's mm-hmm. in all those big, big new films. Yeah. And Dark he turns rises, yeah, The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> that was really funny. Um, so yeah, no, he's he's no, that was a similar story to me, but. I mean, I suppose it's on another scale, kind of doing a for... I don't know what that must be like doing, you know, a film for the first time with, some, like, Leonardo DiCaprio. Like,
0: yeah. that must have been crazy. Especially given that so much of DiCaprio's performance with him is just, again, you know, screaming and bleeding. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And mourning. And,
1: and mourning. And mourning over I wonder, him. I wonder what it was like lying there in the snow with Leonardo DiCaprio crying
0: and yeah. over you. Take six. Yeah. Let's do it again. Take <laughs> six... six. Comment. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a great you know it's a terrific showcase for him. It's a great debut, but oh yeah, yeah. Um, But then he's basically still dumped after the first hour because it's all about these other characters and these. You know, like it, it's yeah. serving the plot rather than like a star turn. A right. Yeah. True. Yeah. And that's yeah. why.
1: Yeah. No, it is. It is. I know. But I mean, he did. He did. A, he did a great job. Like, mm. And I I'd be absolutely delighted if I landed like that. But um yeah. I mean, Will Powlter is someone else I just discovered recently. I'm discovering all these people only lately because, it's, again, I've, as I said, I've only been in the business about a year, so, sure. I mean, um, well, a year and a half now. But uh, he's he's great as well, and I, I haven't really badly, I haven't actually seen Glassland yet. Oh, I kept yeah. To get to that see. opens
0: here um, next month, I think. Oh, does it? Yeah. It only opens here next month. Yeah.
1: Um, so I'm dying to see that one, but I mean, and he was great. He was great in it as well. Tom Hardy, like... Um what else have I seen Tom already? The dark obviously know, in the Dark Knight Rises as um, it's totally different. I I recognised Tom Hardy's voice before I recognised his face. To be completely honest mm-hmm. with you, um, but he did. He's he's he did great job in it. Like he's a natural.
0: Yeah, his accent yeah. work is so his weirdly yeah. compelling. I know because yeah. it's like he picks a speech impediment and then puts an accent on top yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, And not just in the Revenant. Like he's done that a bunch of times, and it's just fascinating. I mean, in, yeah. in have you seen Locke, the Lock. Lock is the yeah. film that came out two years ago. It's Stephen Knight's movie. It's I just him. It's, it's just just Hardy no in a way. car. Yeah. It starts when he gets in. It ends before he gets out. And it's yeah. like eighty five minutes of, a, of shots of the car with Tom Hardy in it. And it's basically otherwise a radio play. He gets he's driving and he gets phone calls. He's driving from I want to say really <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, it could have been. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's fascinating. And he chose for no particular reason, as far as I know, he chose to do it in a Welsh accent and. It's fascinating it's really Yeah Because I why would you? Go, yeah I know yeah. I, I, I
1: mean like I'm delighted when I get to audition for stuff in my own accent I'm like this is I really hope I get this You know But yeah. um, that's huh? that's really interesting And he did He does a great job at accents I've seen I've, been, I've only really seen Clips of other stuff he's done in different accents But he's uh, Again he's great I was, I was going to say something about him there um, That I totally forgot <laughs> About, so about him, back to him Yeah It'll come back to me. It'll come back to me. All right. Um. Yeah. No, but I mean, there's so many things, and The there that, and there was also that, that that thing that it was really gory, and there were there were lots of horrific kind of violent scenes, and there were lots of, just you know, just blood. But I think mm. the contrasting, when I was watching it, one of the things that re- I really picked up on was the white snow and the red blood, yeah. which was just this kind of beautiful thing, which was like work of art. It was like this kind of this Disgusting thing happening in this kind of beautiful scenic, um, which is
0: shot up in Canada. In, some in of it was in Alberta, Al- yeah. Alberta, Alberta was it, like yeah. Some somewhere. of it was, it was shot all over yeah. the place, as it turns out. The, uh, the, the, I believe, and I'm probably gonna get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the waterfall sequence is, up. I don't know if DiCaprio is there himself, but the footage was shot in Argentina, no way, yeah, and or at least somewhere in South America, and then yeah. there's other stuff that was photographed around, um around somewhere else on the west coast uh, but further out in, in, and maybe to the north but it's one of those incredibly I'm going to check that now just to make sure I don't yeah. get this wrong yeah the waterfall was shot in Tierra del Fuego Argentina uh, oh, yeah. a lot of it was filmed in in and around Calgary uh, Canmore Alberta Canada I'm going to get this wrong Cananaskis Country Alberta um, Libby Montana Mammoth Studios Burnaby British Columbia Sierra Madre Occidental Mexico, uh, Sierra but, Madre del Sur Mexico, the White kind of Mountains tracking. of Arizona. Yeah. yeah. Uh, San Francisco Peaks, Arizona. Now, some of that might just, this is IMDb stuff, so some of that might just be photograph plates that they went off and shot backgrounds for. So, I mean, there are a couple of shots where the digital thing sort of betrays us, and you can tell that the actors aren't in the same space yeah, I, I, as I, the I, wilderness. I didn't pick up on that that much, but I remember
1: there's one or two shots that were kind of like, okay maybe that's not but I thought I didn't actually know I didn't check it out so I was like is that just me or is that but um, I mean
0: I think for the most part when we see something it's real yeah
1: yeah yeah absolutely and it feels a bit feels a bit cheaty but I suppose they're allowed to cheat a bit because the rest of the film they were trying so hard not to cheat weren't they yeah they were not cutting it up like that yeah. much pursuit um, of a larger truth yeah 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 um, I say. but uh yeah no I, I just I, it just it just drew me in that film like I mean I mean, it's also a film that I saw really recently, so that's why it's mm-hmm. another reason why I chose it, because it's fresh in my mind. And yeah. I, um, well, that vivid you know. kind of experience.
0: Yeah. I mean, wh- uh, what other films have sort of grabbed you that way recently? Is there anything, you know, if you wanted to recommend something to someone? Well, it depends
1: what kind of mood you're in. I mean, films that get you into that kind of zone of... I prefer, I to be honest, I, that's the reason... I just prefer fun films, to be honest. Mm-hmm. If, if it's more about, to me, you know, um, I've watched loads of really good films, and I can, I can, t- you know, I think at this point now I can tell which is a good film, and which is, a, which isn't a good film, and you know, I, uh, you know, are getting your, um, I'm getting, too. I, you know, um, and I'm, I know that now, and I'm just kind of like, which I didn't, and I knew that straight after Sing Street because it's just something you learn by making a film, um, but I mean, when when I was when I was getting into it, and I was just going. I think it was really important that people enjoy, just just enjoy a film. And I'm also like, being like, shit, my, to my little sister, like, why are you watching that? Like, that's utter that's crap. Like, why would you be exposing yourself to that? i say it to my parents as well, and they're like, look, she's just... But I think, you know, it's almost more important that you just sit down and you really enjoy a film. And it's it's like my older brothers, always, me and my... Closest brother, who's also kind of like the Jack Reiner thing in, in *Sing Street*, right. is also is all, he's really tough on films, and he's really kind of like, you know, he's a real film buff. But he's really, you know, he he's always tough. saying films are crap. and he really liked *The Revenants as well, oh, so that's something we kind of sh- share. But um, it's like uh, it's just interesting because my oldest brother is always like really open-minded. And he's like, I love I love everything, you know, even all these crap films. But it, sometimes that's the way to be, you know, just kind of just just. You Be positive and just kind of enjoy, enjoy. It's more about enjoying the film rather than kind Mm, of being like, this film is this and this film is that. Because
0: no, love the things you love. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good joy. And just before we Mm, run out of time, the the closer on the show is always the same, which is is there, is there anything that you would personally want to take away from the, the Revenant? Usually, it's how you know, like, what have you stolen from this film? But obviously. You saw this after you made your movie. So is there something in it that you would want to carry forward with you or incorporate into your own toolbox?
1: Well, I mean, a lot of it was kind of...
0: A lot of it was uh,
1: doing less... Mm-hmm. and it was much more effective and it's something that I learned doing on set on Sing Street and I didn't quite get until I actually saw the movie but when I saw it in The Revenant it was kind of this extreme thing where they were doing he was doing very little at some points now a lot of it as yes, you're right it was kind of like ah, I don't know how I don't know how he did that because a lot of the time he was just like oh, Urgh, there's lots of groaning, um, but yeah, like you
0: have to know exactly which muscle group
1: yeah, yeah hurts yeah. to do the scene. How do you forget? How, how do you not forget? When I'm doing de- limping, I need <laughs> to limp in a few plays and stuff. I'm like, which leg is it? <laughs> you know? And, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know how he does that. But I mean, there's so much. I mean, every time I watch a film, I try to take something away from it. Right. I'm like, I got to work on that because I mean, the, the acting wise, the film didn't just kind of impress me with just the acting. It was more just sitting down and watching the beautiful scenery and the, the kind of, the, as I said, the contrast between the beautiful scenery and the kind of gory, intense scenes, and I mean there's just <clears throat> it's just great acting, it's always good to just watch films, which, which, has, which has great acting in you know? it yeah.
0: So it took you away, and that's it really me, it. it
1: It took me into, into another, another zone, another place, and I really got to really dive straight into it much more than other films have because right. a lot of the time you watch films and you're like Okay, you're just you're just judging it, you know. Whereas with the Revenant, I just I just got so into it where I was like, you know, I'm not. I didn't I didn't even think about this shot being like that. And this shot until like I rewatched bits of it online because <laughs> it's like this shot was amazing, But then you kind of pick up on those bits. But I just that's the reason I chose it. Yeah. Because it was one of the, it was just I just got straight into it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. From the from the word go.
0: My thanks to Ferdia Walsh Pilo whose new movie Sing Street opens in Toronto this Friday, April 22nd, in Vancouver next Friday, April 29th, and goes wider across Canada on May 5th. If you're listening in the U.S., you can catch it in theaters right now. Thanks also to Kate Parks at Elevation Pictures. She knows what she did. You can find Ferdia on Twitter at Ferdiawp, F-E-R-D-I-A-W-P, all one word. And, as of today, you can find The Revenant on Blu-ray and DVD from 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment. It's also available for purchase on iTunes and Google Play. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Norm Wilner, and elsewhere on the internet at NowToronto.com. You can also find this podcast on Twitter at Semcast, S-E-M-Cast, and on the web at SomeoneElsesMovie.com. If you want to leave a review on iTunes, that would be appreciated, and this week's phrase is, Big Bear, chase me. Thanks for listening. <laughs>